This is the Risky Mix podcast, where we speak with those people changing the mix in the financial services industry. Addressing those challenging topics, embracing diverse perspectives and bringing authentic conversation. Our aim is to inspire and motivate the finance sector towards change, creating an inclusive industry that we can all be proud to be a part of. On this week's Remote Risky Mix podcast, we're joined by Neha Agarwal, Head of Actuarial at iPipeline, a business on a mission to grow the UK protection insurance market through innovative technology. Neha is here to share her career story, her experience as a young Indian woman in the sector, and her thoughts on how technology has the power to transform life insurance sales. Thanks so much for joining us today, Neha, on the on the Remote Risky Mix podcast. Let's let's dive in with uh, a good old icebreaker question. Then, so we, uh, yeah, we'd love to know what are you passionate about? Passionate. So I'm really passionate about helping insurers move up the ladder of technological innovation. Like compared to other industries, we have seen uh, insurers being slightly behind, uh, especially the life insurance industry. And that's where the scope of innovation kicks in. And even the challenge of changing the mindset and helping the insurers move forward. I mean, that's always excited me. And that's what I'm really passionate about, helping insurers move forward. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. And, and I think we'll be I think we'll be diving into more of that as we as we hear more about your career. So on that note, then um, tell us about your career history. You've got obviously a very interesting background because you've got a mix between actuarial and uh, and tech. So tell us about kind of the, the path you've taken and, and your role today at iPipeline. So I, I joined iPipeline almost six years ago and I joined as an analyst then, uh, although it seems like just yesterday. But <laughs> since then, like I have grown from being an analyst to being an head of actuarial, establishing an actuarial services team. And this team actually helps drive actual innovation in the insurance companies, both within the UK and the US. Um, in my journey, I have to mention my ex-boss Ashley Hale because he has be, he has played a pivotal role in my career. Like, has helped me in my journey and has always pushed me uh, to move forward. And then I pipeline, like I pipeline, has made me realize that tech and actuarial was really for me. I mean. The most exciting part about what I do on a day-to-day basis is also like I'm combining actuarial and technology. So for me, it's like a flame for my passion. Actuarial acts like oxygen and you can think of technology like a fuel. It's helping me, it's helping it drive forward. So, I mean, from a career point of view, I think in that sense, it has been an exponential curve. I've got the right, I was very lucky because I got the right people help me grow and yeah, today today I'm quite happy and excited to be where I am and helping insurers move forward. That's that's great. I mean, did you know that you had a passion for technology before you joined iPipeline, or was that something that you discovered just in your I career? I did discover that really because I I was studying for my actual studies, uh, which kind of builds up your logical mindset, and then I started working in a 
totally technological driven company and then i suddenly realized okay this is what i was meant for i was not one of those traditional actually sitting behind the computers you know and doing excel models but i wanted to be client facing i wanted to help drive innovations in the company so it's something that you i discovered in my 6 years journey that like this was the place for me that's yeah that's that's really cool and really interesting and have have you found kind of the actuarial skill set do you find that that helps in the tech space is there kind of overlap in terms of the the skills i, I guess on both sides really I, I think it does because if you think about in short tech world, right? Uh, there actually plays a very important role because it gives you a business mindset. It helps you understand the business very, very well. And combined with that, if you if you understand the technology, you can really help drive the company forward. And we have seen like the institute also taking so many initiatives. Like we had. Uh, like a couple of years back when there was a complete transformation of our actual exams as well where we started having more python and r and you know more application based studies there is data science courses now so it's almost coming together you know actuaries have uh, started appreciating the value of technology and you most of the actuaries are have started thinking along that line so mm-hmm. i think there is quite a merge yeah i guess we we've yeah. all got i guess all roles have to adapt don't they as uh, as Absolutely. technology uh, increases for sure so um Nihal, for for kind of the the listeners who don't know ipipeline very well could you could you tell us a bit more about what the business does yeah so ipipeline is actually at the forefront of digital uh, transformation we have our aggregator portal ashore web a uh, solution builder we have our insure site which is uh, giving you analytics and data and then you have your ssg digital platform which is basically i pipelines end to end platform from quotes up to claims and uh, it pretty much does everything for a particular policy holder including the enforce management of the policy so that sounds that sounds great it's obviously quite transformational for the industry so do you do you have any sort of stats around what difference i pipeline makes to to the insurers that it works with in terms of um you know moving the business forward with its technology yeah so some of the key stats i have around ssg digital i would say specifically is like currently 30% of the uk's protection business is processed via ssg digital tra- uh, platform which is huge isn't wow. it and then 3.5 million policies have now already been processed through the platform making it the leading uk's protection saving and investment platform so sg digital has implemented foresters aviva the exeter the zurich and in all these places where it has been implemented it has removed barriers and has simplified the protection journey for the advisors and consumers like since implementation uh, aviva has seen 8 out of 10 customer application receiving an instant underwriting decision which is like great and then right. and the other the last interesting start i would quote is um sg digital has supported the increase in zurex life insurance and saving protection new business by 46% on the previous year so wow all That's the exciting stuff very impressive that- 
Okay, let's uh, let's kind of dive into, I, I, I guess, your your passion of helping insurers become more tech friendly and enabled. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go into that into a bit more detail. Right. So we we can we have always seen that like technology is reinventing the life insurance industry. I mean, as we continue to hear about digital transformation, we hear about how operations are being streamlined, how customer interactions are being done via chat now. Mm-hmm. Claims can be processed automatically. I've had instances. I've had friends of mine whose claims were processed without anyone getting involved. And then how brokers can aggregate all their information to work faster and better, especially using technologies like machine learning and AI. What about COVID-19? I mean, we're, we're recording virtually. We've had to move fully digital as a result of COVID, as have many businesses. So do you think that it's, it's kind of, uh, I, I suppose insurers were all moving in this direction, but has it accelerated that? that change do you think so yeah everybody's talking about COVID-19 isn't it so (laughs) I'll try to keep it short I think I think in my and and I'll talk about like my experience in the last six months so I've seen there are companies who have already invested in technology like SSG digital platform iPipeline's end-to-end platform from code to claims and those companies have been able to react very quickly to the market, whether it's reprice or whether it's changes in the underwriting rules. And then there are companies who have suddenly started realizing it's been a wake-up call for them and they want to innovate. They they have started coming to us, speaking to us about how we could help them to move to the next step of their journey. So you can almost see that people who are already technologically driven have started appreciating why they needed digitalization in the first place. And then there are companies who are actually getting very excited about um, moving into their digitalization journey. It's been a wake up call for them. Mm-hmm. And everybody's talking about doing it very, very quickly. So so I, I'd like to ask you about, and, and this is a very protection specific question, and actually Raj, you'll probably add in uh, from, from a general perspective, actually. This kind of um, balance between, you know, human interaction and technology, particularly for something like protection, right? A long, a long-term purchase that's a lot of kind of emotion wrapped up in there, and actually mm-hmm. also a bit of a, it's a bit of a horrible topic, really, that people don't want to think about or buy insurance for. It's, I think it's a bit more of a grudge purchase potentially than the kind of shorter term general insurance products. And Raj, please jump in um, with your thoughts on this. But but what do you, what do you think, Nihar, in terms of, you know, can technology fully replace humans in the protection sale and, and the processing? What do you think? Yeah, so I think from my perspective, I think we definitely need human element. And when I think about human element, let's think about everybody's need. Like everybody has a different need, right? And a fully automated digital process, which is same for every individual, may not be able to cater for that. Mm-hmm. Even within like life insurance, we can add if you think about it, we can add human element to different parts of the journey. So for example, let's think about new business. At new business, it may be difficult for some audience to understand why do they need insurance in the first place, right? Or even the complexity of the product. And then if you think about claims, claims during that period, people are going through immense emotional turbulence. 
you know, that little bit of human interaction can help them leave forward. They may not want to go and uh, file a claim application. They just may want to give a ring and talk to you and just say that, can you get this sorted for me, etc. Mm. I mean, if if I think about digitalization and human element, and I'm, I'm talking purely from a protection space, which is like long term, I think... Uh, we can add human interaction where it is required. We can all understand because at the end of the day, we are all humans. We understand where we require that human touch. But along with that, we have to automate the processes which causes unnecessary delays. For example, you know, the claims not processing for days or the claim payments not being made. So I think it's the right balance. It comes back to the right balance. You can never... You can never live in a world where there is no human interaction as when it comes to protection business. And I strongly believe in that. But still automating the right processes in the right place is very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and from a general insurance perspective, um, I, th- I think you're right as well. I mean, I think technology is, is a tool and you need somebody to use that tool. Um, and I think, you know, that human interaction is really key. And like you said, everybody's needs are different. So you might have someone who is a, a micro business owner who is looking for small business insurance and may not know exactly what is right for their business and, and some help along the way is, is really important. Um, it's just how do we, it's almost like a jigsaw puzzle, like what, what piece of technology fits nicely into that piece of human interaction to come together and then create that perfect solution for the client so um yeah absolutely agree so so let's move our let's move our chat on then so as you know uh we do like to talk about diversity and inclusion on the podcast (laughs) of course um and you know being uh, a young indian woman in not only the actuarial space but also the tech space um it's it's wonderful to have you on um and and i think it would be good to hear about kind of your experiences you know your career experiences um yeah just just tell us more about that and have have you kind of faced any challenges as you as you as your career has kind of evolved so i think i think i would mention like Two point there being uh, being an Indian woman uh, in a white industry. So if I talk about that aspect really about my career, I've been really really lucky because I started working for a company where we had employees from around the globe, be it India, be it China, be it Sri Lanka, be it uh, Cyprus. I mean the list is like endless and. In fact, we used to call our ex-boss Ashley like a white dad with a lot of brown children. So I think that says it all. <laughs> and we generally, generally used to do that. And then moving to your second point, like second point around, you know, being a woman and, you know, thinking about gender diversity. That was a different experience uh, altogether. I would say it was an easy one because on one side, I was actually climbing the exponential ladder of success because I was doing very well from the very start of my career. But that also meant that I had to be in meetings where, which was predominantly male, uh, male audience. Mm. Like initially, I think a couple of meetings were quite difficult because I remember walking out of meetings without even saying a single word. I probably carried out a series of experiments uh, and then finally, when I broke the barrier, like I started considering myself as 
not a female among the male, but I started thinking myself as a confident individual who knew what she was speaking. Mm-hmm. And trust me, like when you break that barrier, right, it becomes very easy. Like you even stop noticing how many uh, males are there in the room or you are mm-hmm. in a male-dominated mm-hmm. room. I mean, it, it was a very unique experience, to be very honest. It, it, was, it was like I moved from a journey where I was quiet. Today, I'm in a position where uh, the audience actually asks me to speak if I have not spoken in a meeting. Like, okay, Neha, what is your view about this? So the entire feeling is like amazing. So in that sense, it's it's been a real transformation for me. That's so great. And it takes such courage, really, when you're feeling, um, when you're in that situation, which is, you know, quite, you know, you are not the dominant person in the room. And you're naturally maybe a little bit more unsure. to then take the courage to carry out those little experiments and see how the results go and building up your confidence that way. Um, what was the feedback like when you started to, you know, speak up in meetings and how, how did that sort of feed your confidence as you continued? So, so I think what happened is like, so a couple of meetings, no talking at all. And then there were meetings where I started speaking where, uh, it was quite surprising for the audience, at least in a one meeting, which I remember very quickly. And then uh, your words were heard, but kind of ignored. And then, mm. and then, and the next time, and I, I kind of know the reason. It was kind of self-inflicted because I know when I was talking, I was not being that confident, or I was skeptical about talking. And then there came a phase where. I did a series of experiment and before the meeting, I knew what I was talking and I decided I would be slightly more assertive and confident and a bit more loud as compared to other times. And then I remember like it completely changed. I mean, it changed the dynamics of the room. Um, I was a qualified actually as well by then, which kind of boosts my con- boosted my yeah. confidence as well. So it was a very different journey. And, and there are days and there are meetings that I remember. I've, I came back, I've given myself feedback and then I reevaluated them. I've spoken to different people. I've spoken mm. to my friends who are male. Like, how do you guys react when there's a female mm. in the room? And it was a process, but I think once you break it, your life becomes really easy. Like today, if you ask me, like, I don't even notice whether there are male or there are females in the room. It's, it's just like another meeting for me with individuals in the room. And that's the best part, I think. Mm. And that's how it should be, really. And and yeah. I think, yeah, when when you don't notice those differences, you you just when you feel that everybody is equal, then you feel confident enough to kind exactly. of share your your voice. Um, I agree with with Raj, and it must have been quite a it's quite a brave move to to test it. And I, and I think I what you're saying about kind of being silent in meetings definitely resonates with me. I was the same when I started out in my in my career because as a young woman coming in, you just it it can be quite an intimidating situation, you know, if you're in a, if you're in a room full of very senior, uh, predominantly males and, and some women. Um, so yeah, no, that, that's great. And it's, it's also fantastic to hear that, you know, iPipeline as a business is, is so diverse actually. Um, do you, I mean, do you have any, any kind of stats around the type of, uh, the gender mix that you're seeing and the, you know, the rate, the racial mix as well. Um, it'd be good to kind of hear what you've achieved as a business. Right. So from an iPipeline stats perspective, I think if I talk about gender mix, then iPipeline is 
uh, we have two offices. So we have the Cheltenham office and the Bromley's office. So in the iPipeline UK overall, we have 24 senior managers across the wider UK team. And this includes eight women. Okay. In the Bromley office where I belong, uh, we have 10 senior managers out of which only two of us are women. Mm-hmm. And Cheltenham, we have like around 14 senior managers out of which six are women. So if 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 I think about gender, right? From a gender mix perspective, we are on a journey and I see iPipeline as a business achieving the gender diversity pretty soon. And yeah, going back to your other point uh, around racial diversity, I think we currently we don't gather or record any of those kind of data. But again, this is something that we are really kicking off because mm-hmm. in iPipeline, we, we understand the importance of this particular like why racial diversity is important because uh, but just based on my experience like I have been working with colleagues who are from China, India, Sri Lanka, Romania and just to name a few and I would say that working with people from a wide racial diversity brings a very diverse and fresh perspective uh, to the company which is great. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's also really interesting given just on the gender point, given the nature of the business, so it's tech and insurance and actuarial and, you know, all the components that go into insurance. Do you think, so, I mean, you're obviously a young woman who's interested in tech and actuarial, so, you know, the strong maths and STEM subjects, generally speaking. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts about sort of younger young girls going into to STEM subjects and being encouraged to follow tech and science and maths? Um, how do we sort of get them carrying on in those industries? That's a very interesting point because I remember doing a couple of presentations to some of the schools where I went I went to the A-level students and there were a mix of male and female where I was actually talking about the importance of uh, like why actual science is important and how it can help you grow forward. But uh, I mean, to be very honest with you, like I have seen women and females being uh, very mathematically driven. I mean, mm. if, if you think about, even if I compare myself with all the cousins that I was brought up with, uh, I saw all the females being much better in uh, whether it was computer science, whether it was mathematics. So mm. I think in that sense, women are doing very well as far as mathematics and STEM subjects are concerned. It's just about changing the mindsets in the company, having more people joining the team and getting greater gender diversity, which will naturally, you know, uh, which will naturally allow more and more women to join the team because if today I'm working in a technology world and I go and talk to my colleagues who are female, or if, even if I talk to my um, other younger friends, it automatically excites them because they're seeing somebody in that industry doing well. Yeah. So I think it becomes easier and easier. So I think it, it has to start from the company hiring more and more uh, gender-diverse crowd that will help us move forward. Brilliant. 
completely and and i think yeah it, it's yeah your point around gender i think as a, as an industry we, we're definitely working towards that kind of gender equality piece and and, and you know we're a way off but we're but we're all working towards it and yeah. I, I think now is the time to really also be thinking about race and sexuality and disabilities and yeah. and, and you know those are areas that you know raj and i really want to talk more about on on the podcast and kind of play our part in as well no, it's been so wonderful speaking to you. Unfortunately, I think we're coming to the end of our time on the podcast. But um, before we close off, I, I really wanted to know um, if there are any some key takeaways that you'd like um, to impart to our listeners. Um, it would be great to, to get a sense as to what those are. Got any key messages? Yeah, I think uh, I think I just give one advice to the audience. I mean, life will give you ups and downs. I mean, there would be phases where you would just want to give up, but I think something that can keep you going is your passion. Mm -hmm. So always search for your passion, go find out your passion and your life's journey comes really easy. Uh, It's really helped me in my journey, uh, my passion to make an impact in the insurtech industry and making a difference. I mean, just go look out for your passion and life becomes slightly more easier. Thank you so much. That's a fantastic message. Thank you so much for joining us on the Risky Mix podcast today, Neha. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to get in touch, you can do so at www.riskymix.uk. We'd love to hear from the inspirational individuals and companies who are walking the walk and changing the mix in our industry. And if you like what you've heard so far, please rate, review and subscribe to the Risky Mix podcast on Apple Podcasts and give us a follow on Twitter at Risky underscore Mix.